Well, good morning once again. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning. Whether you're joining us online or here in person, we are honored by your presence. Uh, as you heard yesterday, we had a group that uh, was at my grandfather's house. We were able to clean up the leaves in his yard and raise some money for camp. And uh, it inspired me. I'm thinking about opening up uh, Cross Point Yard Management. We call ourselves the Cross Cutters. You know, I've, I was thinking about it all night. I'm not actually brave enough to start my own business, but uh, it seemed... I had a lot of fun yesterday, so it seems like something we could definitely do. Uh, we are nearing, and when I say nearing, uh, this is the end of our series on membership. Next week, we will start a series that is geared towards Christmas called The Gospel of Christmas. I'm going to get that information out to everyone who needs that uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, but it's called The Gospel of Christmas. But this is our last Sunday of members only. So we're going to focus on that before we get to the other. Now, we've talked throughout this series about uh, what membership looks like. And I got to be really honest with you guys. I'm pretty sad that it's over. I, I really have enjoyed this series, if I'm being frank, a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, but, but God has talked to me through this and spoken to me. And so I hope that uh, you too have found that beneficial. Now, we've answered questions like who church members should be. Right? And we said that should be anybody who considers themselves a believer. We talked about what church members do, and we focused specifically on supporting the ministry financially. We talked about when you should become a church member, and we talked about when we feel led to the Spirit to do so, and we have and build connections. We've talked about why you should consider church membership, right? because we need that encouragement, we need that support, we need one another. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how to be a church member. And there is going to be some overlap today to what we've already talked about, but I hope to also give you some new information and look at some things in a different light. And so my hope today is to, to solidify for all of us how we can be better church members and how church members should function as a whole, whether that be here at Cross Point or any other church. So we're going to start at Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And hearing this verse shouldn't surprise you because I told you last week that you would. And it states, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So last week we talked about why we should consider church membership and we discussed this verse. We talked about how we have a duty to encourage one another and challenge one another and to spur one another on to good deeds. And I made the comment that it's not just about making sure that we come to church, not just about making sure that we are here at church when church is taking place. It's about why we come to church and what we're getting out of being here at church. But don't get me wrong. It's also about coming to church right? Coming to church. Now, I grew up in a family, and it wasn't always this way as we grew up, but uh, especially once we moved to Springfield from Kansas City, I grew up in a family when, when the church doors were open, we were there, right? And I'll be honest, sometimes that was frustrating, okay? I mean, I mean it just was. As a kid, I didn't always want to go to church. Sometimes I wanted to be a hooligan and play video games and blow church off and do different things. But if the doors were open, we were there, right? We were there. My mom made sure that we were there. And it's a good thing that she did because she raised three strong-willed children who, uh, if they weren't in church, Lord knows where they would be. I'm just going to be honest with you. Being, <laughs> settle down. Uh, being, being in church uh, when the doors were open, 
has gotten me to the place that I am today. If it hadn't have been for those connections, even the ones that I tried to, to cut ties with, even in the ones I tried to ignore, I don't think, frankly, that I would have had the wherewithal to follow Jesus when he was really placing that call on my life. And so it is important to be here at church, right? Because we can't accomplish anything that we've talked about in this series if we aren't present. We can't accomplish anything that a church member should be able to accomplish. We can't do anything that we've talked about doing for one another if we are not present. When looking at how to be a good church member, we have to start with our presence. We have to start with our presence. There's a famous quote out there. Uh, It's been bounced around in the sports world for years. I know it's been used other places as well. Uh, I haven't been able to pin down exactly who first said it, but it recently came to the forefront when LeBron James used it in a press conference at the beginning of the year. And it's this, that our best ability is our availability. I love this quote. Our best ability is our availability. Uh, Before LeBron James in like 2014, it was Brian Dawkins, who was just an absolute terror at safety for the Philadelphia Eagles. If you ever want to watch a video and just think, oh, I wish that wasn't me, or, you know, watch videos of him hitting people. But before him, there was a football coach, famous football coach named Bill Parcells that used it as well. And the thing kept going back to something that I see, I think it came quite possibly originally from maybe a Catholic priest, right? But our best ability as people, as church members, is our availability. This is important because if you were to ask me, how can I be a good church member? How should I behave as a church member? I would say by serving its people and its community. How should you be a church member? You should be a servant of the church, of the people in this church, and of the community that it served. And by taking ownership of this ministry. And there's no better way to be able to do these things than by being available, being present, being willing to serve. We focus so much in church on our gifts. And I don't think that that's a bad thing, right? Scripture tells us that we each have a gift, right? We each have something that's unique to us. And we focus so much on, well, I'm good at this. I like this. I don't like that. I'm not so good at doing this. I've really got to find a way to serve that is specific towards my gifting. And I don't think that that is bad, okay? I want to be very clear about that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't seek out things that we're passionate about. I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, seek out things that we are good at. But I am saying that sometimes we just need to say yes. Hear me on that? Sometimes we just need to say yes. Sometimes your church, the church, just needs us to say yes. Yeah, I'll do it. I I may not be great at it. It may not be specific towards my gifting, but no one else is stepping up. So yes, I will do it. I will do it. It's part of being committed to one another. Let's look at Romans 12, verses 10 through 13. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but in spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. These verses show us how we can further be a church 
member, a good church member. There's a Greek word, and I'm going to pronounce it the best I can. It's been a while since I've had to pronounce this one, but it's philostorgoi. Philostorgoi. The root word is philos, love, right? And it's translated devoted. So when we see be devoted to one another, what we're actually literally being told is to love one another as we would our family, okay? As we would our family. That's something that in just the English translation, we don't necessarily get. We all have kind of an understanding of what it means to be devoted, but the word specifically in the Greek is telling us to love one another as we would love our family. It's a familial affection. It's why I tell you that Crosspoint is family, and I don't just say that because I think that's how it should be. I say that because that's what Crosspoint has developed. We are a family, and as a member of our church, you are part of our family. You are part of my family. Right? We live life together. We encourage one another. We challenge one another. There's no greater example of that than yesterday when our youth had an opportunity to raise money for camp and it wasn't just our youth that showed up to help do the work. Right? We are committed to one another as we would be our family. You see, church members love one another as family. Just like you love mom, just like you love dad, just like you love brother and sister or uncle, aunt, whoever it may be in your life, church members love one another as family. It also tells us that we should honor one another above ourselves. Honor one another above ourselves. Literally, give them a place, right? Give them a place. And scripture goes on to tell us, even if that place is your own, think about that. To honor one another means to give them a place, a place of belonging, a place of standing, a place where they can be honored and looked at and lifted up to the extent that even if we have to step aside to put another person on our pedestal. Isn't that cool? Can you imagine what life would be like if we all did that? If we all did that. Right? It might get to a place that's pretty annoying because it'd be like, no, you step up there. No, you step up there. No, you step up. No, you get up there. No, you first. No, you first. And then you're just like, shut up. Right? Like, neither one of you, oh, I will step up there. Right? Like, stop. But can you imagine what life would be like if we sought to honor others first? If we sought first to give them a place and not look at how we could carve out our own? Right? If we could put people first. Church members put each other first, even if it comes at their own expense. Even if it comes at their own expense. And we as church members should serve the Lord. We should serve the Lord, but in a very specific way. If we go back to the Greek, and I know I'm kind of getting nerdy on things, but if we look at the word that talks about serve, it has the word in it, doulos. Doulos in Greek means slave. We are called to be slaves to the Lord. Slaves to the Lord, to enslave ourselves to our Heavenly Father. This isn't about doing work, right? This isn't about just doing what's asked of us. This is about literally turning ourselves over as God's property. As saying, Lord, you have complete and total control. Do with me as you will. I am a vessel. I am a tool. How can I work on your behalf? 
Not only are we supposed to just give ourselves over in such a way, which we all struggle with. We talked about humility in Sunday school today in our salt group, right? We all struggle with the necessary humility to serve the Lord with just 100% everything that we have. We all do. We're sinful humans. But that's what we're called to do. And not only are we supposed to do that, but we're supposed to never be lacking in zeal or fervor. Church members serve the Lord above all else, and they do so diligently, and they do so enthusiastically. They push through the muck and the mess that is their life. And the things that cause struggle and the things that cause toil to serve the Lord. To serve the Lord diligently and enthusiastically. And we should be able to do this unburdened. We should be able to do this unburdened. Because as verse 12 tells us, we are joyful in hope. And what is our hope? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. I will turn myself over as a slave to my Lord to be used as a tool, as a vessel to further his kingdom. I will do so diligently and I will do so enthusiastically because my hope has been placed in Christ. Oh, if we could just all get to that place. Oh, if we could just all get to that place. Knowing that our hope is not in this world, not in ourselves, but in the Lord. In the Lord. And because we have hope in this lasting and eternal God, we are able to be patient in the midst of struggle, praying our way through adversity. Praying our way through adversity. You see, church members push through times of struggle and frustration to make church into something better than it is. As a member of a church, when you commit to being a member of a church, you are committing for the long haul. Not for the until we hit a bump in the road. Not for the until the pastor says something from the stage I don't like. Okay? Not for the everything is rainbows and unicorns and it's perfect. No, we push through bumps in the road to make our church, our body of believers, more like Christ. We commit to saying, when there is struggle, I will struggle with you beside me. Why? Because you are my family. And I love you as if you are my family. Now, I think that there's something magnificent about church because it's a family that we get to choose, right? And we all know we can't choose our family. Some of you are like, if I got to choose, I'd choose something different. You know what I mean? Not me. Not me, mom. (laughs) But some of us think to ourselves like, hey, if I had a choice, I'd get rid of old Uncle Artie over there because he's a weirdo. You know what I mean? Like, hey, he's stealing all the mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving we're about to throw down, he's not coming with us, right? But we get to choose this family, but you don't just get to to throw away family because they're not perfect, they're family. You have that tie, whether you like it or not. 
Well, when you commit to being a church member, you commit to that attitude. You commit to saying, I'm going to push through. I'm going to be here through thick and thin. Because here's what you need to understand. There is no such thing as a perfect church. I've been in a lot of churches in my life. I've been in some really great churches in my life. Okay? Led by some really great men and women. But I've never been in a perfect church. I've yet to see one. There's never been a church that's checked every single box and you won't find it. You can go to a lot of churches. They do a lot of good things. They may check a lot of your boxes. But if we're just hopping around because they didn't check this box or they didn't check that box or they did when I started, but now they're not, what good is that membership? What good is that commitment? What good are you as family? We must fight through difficulties in order to be the body of believers that we want to be. There's no other option. Now, no such thing as a perfect church, but hear me on this. I think you might find a perfect church for you. What is a church? It's a body of believers. It's not the building. It's not the things. It's the people. And from time to time, you're going to butt heads with those people. But when you find that body of believers that you're willing to go to battle, right, for the Lord next to, that you're willing to stand shoulder and shoulder with and say, we're here to fight for the kingdom, you might find a, a perfect church for you. There's always going to be bumps. There's always going to be bruises. Always. But when we serve the Lord and we do so in such a way that we look to serve one another, we heal. Fact of the matter is that simple beings can't form a perfect organization because we're simple. Just are. But this is what I think about Crosspoint as a church. If we can focus on the things that we've talked about in the series, if we can collectively approach our ministry, if we can look for how we might serve one another and focus on what brought us here in the first place, then we can build something that's really special. It already is really special. I love this church because I love all of you. And, and I think that together we can move the kingdom of God forward. I think that we can make an impact in this world. We've already talked about how that should be our goal as a church. How can we move the kingdom forward? How can we serve the Lord in such a way that we are making a monumentous difference. I think if we will focus on God, we could build a church that we're all proud of, a church that we all have a stake in, because that's important, right? When we talk about giving someone a place, we talk about honoring one another, it's about providing a stake in the ownership that is our church. We can build something 
that we all feel connected to, that we all feel responsible for. And again, that is most importantly making a difference in this community. My question for you all is that if you have not already committed to being a member of this church, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Maybe it's we go back to sermon series number one and you're not in that place in your relationship with the Lord where you have committing to the enslavement of saying you are my savior and I will follow you wherever you go, right? We don't have that relationship. I understand that. But if, if you're past that point in your walk with Christ, if you are a believer, what is stopping you from becoming a member of Crosspoint Fellowship? Why are you continuously here and yet haven't made the commitment to us as a body of believers? It's important. It's important. So my challenge today is for you all to think through those things, to think about what you need out of a church in order to commit yourself to that membership and then two, do you think that you can be a part of building that here at Crosspoint? And if the answer to that question is yes, then come join us. Be a part of us. Help build not only this church, but the kingdom of God. Come be encouraged. Come live life together. Come challenge one another. Come experience Christ in a body of believers that will love you for who you are and will love you until you're something better than what you are. There is a place for you here. We will honor you here. We will fight for you here. We want you to be a part of it. It's why those of us that have already made that commitment have collectively supported this ministry in such a way that we have a place for you to come and be a part with us. What is God calling you to do today? Maybe you're not to the membership step because I talked about you're not to the salvation step yet, but maybe you need to commit to giving yourself over to the Lord. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you feel that call, you feel that pull, you feel that tug. That is called conviction. Once you give your life over to the Lord, you will feel it often. Some of us probably more than others. And when I say some of us, I mean myself. But the Lord is calling, softly and tenderly calling, O sinner, come home. It's one of my favorite hymns that's ever been written. He wants you more than Uncle Sam. So come, join us today. Not just Crosspoint, but the family of God. Maybe you need to recommit yourself today to living life for God. Maybe you need to commit yourself today to saying, I will go wherever God calls me to go. Maybe that means you've got some healing to do and some different relationships in your life. Whatever it is that he's calling for you to do today, part of how to be a good church member, part of how to be a believer is saying, 
Yes, God, I will go wherever it is that you're leading, I will follow. Will you do that today? As the band comes up to the stage to lead us in further worship, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over us. And then we're going to have some people around the room ready to pray for you this morning. And if there's something that you need to talk about or discuss, I hope that you'll pray that. Bow your heads with me and and let's just lift it up to the Lord. God, we come to you today. We thank you for this church. We thank you for one another. I thank you for one another, for, for, for this church, for the people that call Cross Point home, for the people that are, are taking the time out of their daily lives to be committed to one another, to challenge one another, to encourage one another, to be present. I thank you for all the yeses that we receive on a weekly basis. God, I pray for hearts that are not yet your own that they would stop waiting, that they would listen, that they would commit themselves to you and that they would move, that they would take what they have heard and that they would apply it to their lives through action. Help us to love one another through thick and thin as we would love our family. We ask these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Rodney and Joy, I'm going to ask both of you if you would stand and and be available for people to pray. Joy, if I could have you over here on the left side and Rodney in the back on the right. I'm going to be right up front today. If you need to come talk to me about something, if the Lord is calling you to take action, take action. Be an encouragement to those around you. Step up. Step up and obey the Lord. Otherwise, stand now, let's worship, let's reflect. What is it that God is calling from you today?